the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Rob McLister. Rob is based out of Toronto, but he's also in Vancouver, Newfoundland, New Brunswick. He's basically all over the place with his company. Uh, He's been a mortgage broker for seven years. He's the editor of Canadian Mortgage Trends, and he's also the mortgage columnist for the Globe and Mail. I am stoked for this interview today. Rob, are you ready to rock? I hope so. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my wife, uh, Melanie, and I started the business uh, in 2006. Uh, we run a brokerage operation, an online mortgage brokerage called IntelliMortgage. Um, and uh, basically, we, uh, we have two up two-prong approach. Uh, we do do-it-yourself mortgages, and we do full-service mortgage buying. And so how, how did you get into the mortgage business? Because nobody ever, as a little kid, I'm sure when you were five years old, said, hey, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path to, to getting into the mortgage business? Uh, actually, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an astronaut and a mortgage broker. <laughs> Well, you were way ahead of the curve, man, because uh, I don't even think that a career existed when you were a little kid. Yeah, I didn't know about a mortgage broker when I was a little kid, that's for sure. Um, I actually started as an equities trader. I traded uh, stocks for 11 years, and um, the market changed. Uh, they started decimal pricing. Decimal pricing killed our business. So uh, the income potential was not uh, anywhere near what it was uh, in the closing days of our business. So we're looking for something new, you know, looking at career paths. We're pretty sure we want to do something online, something techie. And uh, we happened to be getting a mortgage at the time, and um, the process went really smoothly. We used a mortgage broker, uh, and uh, you know, so we thought maybe we, you know, do something mortgage related online. And we, you know, did our Google searches, and there didn't seem to be that much uh, competition in the space at that time in 2006. Mm-hmm. So we started a little operation called My Virtual Mortgage Broker with the idea of getting clients online. Was it kind of ahead of the curve? Because I think nowadays, it's obviously, it's very well-established online, you know, lead gen. But in 2006, it was it w- wouldn't have been as uh, a prominent way of, to grow your business. Yeah, it was the infancy back then. No mm-hmm. Cool. And so before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's impacted you. So can you share a quote? Because I love the reason I like quotes is because they're portable, they're memorable, and you can take them with you and you can, it can remind you sort of a way to think. So can you share a quote that's really impacted your life or business? I've never actually heard, I've heard obviously versions of that, but I've never heard Steve Jobs and I love that. So focusing is about saying no. So can you give an example maybe of something recently that you said no to because you're, you're trying to stay focused on the two, your two priorities? That's good. I, I definitely am a guy that needs to be reminded of that because I'm, I have idea avalanches, and then I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, trying to focus. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna post that on the wall in my office. So 
the other thing I noticed is successful brokers or entrepreneurs is that failure definitely happens, but it's not fatal. And looking back, there's always a lesson. So can you share an example of something that you had, you know, had failed at, but looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Yeah. You know, you've not talked about this before. I had this, uh, when I was a stock trader, uh, I used this software to help me find trading opportunities. And uh, I was said to myself, I could do this better. You know, I can create a better mousetrap, better software. I could find more opportunities uh, and make a lot more money. So we embarked on this uh, massive mission to create this uh, stock filtering software. I spent almost a million dollars developing it, uh, me and other people that were involved. And, uh, you know, it was truly state-of-the-art. It was called Filter Trader. Uh, it was truly state-of-the-art. And um, good as it was, uh, the project failed because basically we ran out of money and we, we couldn't finish it. And, uh, you know, the number one takeaway in all that, and it was, it was actually a very painful process. Like when you spend as much of your life, uh, invest, invest as much of your life in something as we did in this project, it's very hard to just, you know, uh, consider it a sunk cost and move on to the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. So big emotional investment in it, uh, time, money, uh, and, um, you know, eventually, you know, you have to just sometimes realize things aren't working and move on to the next thing that can work. And so... You know, the number one takeaway, I think, was that, uh, and this applies to any brokers that are doing anything technological, uh, is that feature creep can kill a project. Uh, you know, it's far better. Uh, like Google has this uh, philosophy of just come up with a great idea, uh, develop a good initial version of it, and get it out there. It doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles, but mm-hmm. it's far better to get, you know, a first iteration to market and enhance it later than try to get it perfect the first time. And uh, I believe me, I, I learned that the hard way in this project, and uh, it's something that will stick with me forever. So you basically you had this great idea for this software that was going to make the job you know easier, more automated. But the so the you, the feature creep. You mean so explain that to someone who maybe isn't techie because I don't know what you mean by that. But maybe just explain it to someone who doesn't understand tech. Yeah. So instead of uh, just a simple um, system that uh, displayed uh, ticker symbols that might meet your criteria, you know, we started developing things where okay, well it's gonna uh, it'll show you the ticker symbol, then it'll show a chart, uh, then it'll show. You know, charts and it'll show news on the stock and then all this other these features uh, whereas if we initially just you know start with a basic concept which is create a good filtering engine uh, see the ticker symbol on the screen and then type it into a chart and do all these things manually instead of trying to make it you know automated uh, and perfect and whatnot then you know I think we've been further ahead we could have got to market could have got customers could have been self-financing um, and so uh, I think right. that'd be really focused in any business, whether you know, regardless of what it is, um, to get the business to market and start generating some revenue. Mm-hmm. There's a great concept. I, I did a, a business venture with a friend, and my loss was nowhere near not a million dollars, but it was still painful. And then afterwards, I'd heard about um, in software development, the new strategy is called minimum viable product, which is basically what's the smallest thing that you can create that you could sell. And then they can test your market instead of locking yourself in a room and building this amazing thing. And then by the time you're done, people are like, ah, that's not what I wanted, you know. And so um, for sure, if, if, if the lean, it's called the lean startup method. You've probably heard of that, right? Yeah. I mean, you can always make it better later. Um, right. But you need to start somewhere. Yeah. So I check that out. If anybody's listening and you're, you know, into development of anything, def- it's definitely, that's awesome advice is to figure out, okay, what's the least that I can build to get started and then get feedback and then you can pivot and adjust from there. So the other thing I noticed, and I know you're really good at this at systems and process, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Successful brokers use systems and they use processes, and I'm going to ask you specifically what an administrative process maybe that wasn't working as well for your business, and then a kind of a tweak that you'd made, and then the outcome that you got. Yeah, this one, um, you know what, I, we started uh, as a traditional broker shop, so uh, 
uh, you know, agents do everything from the beginning to end of the deal, all the paperwork and everything. You know, we've realized that for our particular niche of the world, uh, which is online mortgages, we needed to ensure the business can scale. So we hired salaried specialists uh, to process specific parts of the mortgage transaction um, because I think that's really the only way you can make uh, the business bigger. Um, you know, you look at other, you look at case studies, like look at Quicken Loans, the world's number one online mortgage provider. They did uh, $80 billion last year. What? $80 billion? Yeah, now mind you, they're in the U.S. So yeah, oh my goodness. But uh, nonetheless, uh, they're the biggest online mortgage provider out there. So, you know, I looked at their systems, and you can actually you can email me this. I can send you the the, the, the process chart, but uh, or anyone can for that matter. Um, they have seven underwriters that touch a file. How many? So these are seven. Seven. Okay. So these are specialists. You know, they look at income, they look at down payment, they look at different aspects of the deal, uh, and that is their specialty. That's all they do. So I think the lesson there um, is that you know, in order to scale, you need a highly efficient production line. Like, look at Henry Ford, what he did with cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that applies to tons of businesses, including the mortgage business. And you need experts at each stage of the, the mortgage process and the fulfillment process. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love this. This is like, you're speaking my love language. If I had a, <laughs> if I had a love language, it's like process and systems. And, and I've noticed talking to successful brokers that the guys that are killing it, they, they all recognize this, that you have you break the process down and you don't, and you have, you know, each people, you've gone even a step further because seven people, I haven't heard anybody using seven. I would love if you could send me that, uh, that, you know, sheet and I'll put it on the website so people can check it out if it's something they're interested in. Yeah, for sure. I was pleasantly surprised that Quicken Loans even disclosed that information, but uh, definitely. I mean, again, it's all about like, yeah, you can see it, but then uh, creating it is another whole other, you know, um, the idea is great, but it's about execution. That's going to make the difference, right? So uh, another area, a sales process and marketing. And so I want to ask about a sales or a marketing process maybe that wasn't working as well as you guys were hoping and then a tweak that you made and then the outcome that you got. Uh, well, you know, we learned that uh, doing nothing doesn't work very well. <laughs> uh, we, uh, you know, in the early days, we, we really neglected to follow up with clients often enough. Um, and... Uh, you know, we lost renewal business because of it. We we just weren't nurturing uh, client relationships as, as well as we could have. Uh, and there are so many great brokers out there, experienced brokers, guys that have been around, you know, uh, uh, men and women have been around, you know, 10, 20 years that uh, have this down pat. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's so vital to connect with clients on a semi-regular basis. You know, Maris talks about touching on clients at least quarterly. That's very good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, you weren't doing that, and we were encountering clients, uh, you know, that uh, were renewing elsewhere because of it. Uh, again, this is just one example. I mean, we've made a lot of mistakes in our business, and uh, we've learned from them. And this is one key one that uh, I think that uh, if you can avoid learning the hard way uh, and just do it and get your CRM online and working well and putting, you know, content in there. We talked about minimum viable product. Well, it was like minimum viable content. <laughs> right. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Writing something in a newsletter or something in the email to a client and reaching out to them and reminding them that you still exist is better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So what does the process look like now then? So you, when you first started, you didn't have the, you know, the, that system set up. So somebody gets a loan through you guys. Like what, what does it look like over the, the next term? How are you guys staying in touch, like frequency and stuff? Yeah, well, now we use this product uh, called uh, Infusionsoft. And there's tons of different ones out there, like Salesforce, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tons out there. Um, and uh, so we, we've created, uh, you know, funnels, sales funnels and whatnot and follow-up uh, uh, automation. 
automated follow-ups and whatnot, um, and it works well. And uh, we don't uh, hammer people with useless emails, like you know stuff like uh, you know uh, what flowers to plant uh, in March and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, what's the best color for your living room uh, paint uh, choice? And, you know that type of stuff. I, that does nothing, I think, for most people. Um, mm-hmm. We try to send people just value-added information about the, mar- uh, the market and tailor it to their specific mortgage. Right. So it's, it's, you know, because especially Infusionsoft is quite a, it's quite a robust software from, uh, I've got friends that use it. And so you can actually put people in different campaigns based on, you know, their criteria, whether they're first time buyer or investor, and then you can make sure that the messaging to them is, is, uh, appropriate. Is that right? Yeah, it is very powerful. It's actually way more powerful than I have the capabilities to understand. I have uh, another gentleman that, uh, that works on it for us. Uh, but again, it's just one of many options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're using something, you know, just to, to touch base, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, a lot of brokerages have um, in-house CRMs that they've developed. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, I want to customize this or customize that. I want to go a certain way. Uh, and that perfect, that striving for perfection keeps them from actually, you know, writing the emails and setting up the, the mail-outs in the database and, and actually uh, contacting the clients. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, at least something is better than nothing. Right. No, that's awesome. So uh, another noticing thing I've noticed talking to brokers is the idea of the need to diversify income. And so I've been talking to people. Some people, there's two camps in my mind that have seemed to be forming. One camp says, yes, you need to diversify. You need to cross sell, get you know, share of wallet. Another camp says, no, uh, just focus on brokering. That's enough. So which camp do you fall in? And if you are diversifying or you're looking at it, what areas are you focusing on? To be truthful, I mean, we have enough on our plate now with mortgages that we haven't really dabbled too far into other revenue sources. Um, I want to be the very best we can be in mortgages before we start diversifying other stuff. Again, it comes back to what I said earlier about you know diverting focus uh, from things that are most important. Um, but that said, uh, incremental you know revenue can't hurt. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know if the banks can cross sell, there's no reason why uh, mortgage brokers can't. Um, you know, we certainly intend to offer, uh, you know, approved clients a menu of other financial products, you know, and how that looks. Uh, we're developing it now, whether it's, you know, a one-pager that has, you know, four or five offers uh, from other financial providers, uh, whether it's insurance or, you know, GICs or what have you. Um, you know, making those uh, products available and, you know, check here if you want more information. Uh, that seems like a low-risk, easy way to, to try our hand at uh, cross-selling other things. Um, but again, you know, you have to be careful. You don't mm-hmm. want to recommend things that, like, <clears throat> our whole model is consumer choice, right? Like, we want people to, to have the most amount of choice uh, and uh, choose the best, very best product for them. So if we're only offering them one product from one provider, um, that doesn't really uh, jive with our, uh, our whole philosophy. Our whole, uh, so, you know, we're probably not going to take... Uh, a big stab at this. Um, it'll be, uh, you know, if we put something out there, it will truly be um, a class-leading uh, product mm-hmm. in that financial space. And uh, so it's all about doing the right thing for the consumer. Right. No, that's awesome. And it, yeah, it's, I, lately I've been getting more and more people tell me, no, no, you need to, you know, be good at brokering and the rest of the things will take care of themselves. And uh, But you're right. If you can find the right product and it makes sense, then it's good. So I want to actually, before I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions, which have a little shorter answers, I want to circle back to something you'd said, because you talked about how uh, Quicken Loans has seven people in the process. So can you just give me like a, a snapshot of sort of how you guys are like the process, what your process looks like as far as, you know, the people that are like your team, how that works? Yeah, we have uh, front end people um, that deal with clients on chat or by phone. 
Uh, we have email specialists. We have uh, dedicated underwriters where all they do is just talk to clients and uh, verify the application information and go through a suitability check and uh, that type of thing. Uh, we have document specialists, and then we have a fulfillment uh, specialist that uh, you know follows up, make sure the lawyers are instructed, uh, appraisals are scheduled, that kind of thing. And everyone has their own specific role. That way, uh, another benefit is that there's an accountability. So, you know, if, if something happens with an appraisal, you go to the appraisal person. Uh, if something happens, like, well, you know, where a uh, deal is declined because um, something was wrong with the underwriting, you go to the underwriter. Um, and it just, it works very efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. Accountability is key in any business. Yeah, one of the things, and this you, you are like taking this to a whole other level than some of the other people I talked to, but I've kind of noticed that the successful brokers have real, like uh, most brokers, brokers businesses look like a little kid's soccer game. And I don't know if you've ever watched little kids play soccer, but they all crowd the ball and nobody plays position. And then there's some guys like, you know, Callum Ross and what you guys are doing. And you realize, no, no, if you want to scale, if you want to, if you want to get big, you need to have a team because everybody plays position and you move the ball around, you score more goals. And so, you guys have got it down to even, you know, an even more defined process because you got the front end people, you know, you got a couple extra and you'll be able to scale your business like, you know, and and the, they become really specialized and good at the thing that they're doing all day, every day. So I, I think it's all, I just absolutely love the, the, the system that you guys are building. Yeah, it makes it easier for uh, the, the specialist to train, you know, the next person. Um, so uh, all of our people are trained by uh, the, the specialist in each role. Um, so we, you know, we don't have to worry about one person being a jack of all trades. Right. No, it's brilliant. I think you guys are ahead, you're definitely ahead of the curve on that. And um, yeah, good on you. So I'm going to move to rapid fire questions. So these you can answer with a little shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think focusing on what's best uh, for them, uh, the broker, as opposed to what's best for the client. Um, you know, the, the one stat that's always disappointed me personally in this business is that 90% of uh, a typical broker's volume goes to three or four lenders. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, their clients, uh, in many cases, not all, uh, are missing out on potentially better mortgage alternatives elsewhere. And a key value proposition of brokers is choice. Um, so I think you need to offer consumers choice and find a way to do that. If you don't have status as a lender, find a way to get that status through a deal desk or, you know, through partnering up with other brokers or whatnot. Just make sure that you're offering the very best solution that the client can possibly get through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And what one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Uh, I think ignoring critics uh, is a big thing. Um, really? You have critics? <laughs> There's a, well, I think everyone has critics, some more than others, uh, and, uh, you know, there's, in a business that's entrenched, uh, industry that's entrenched, and our industry has been entrenched in many ways, uh, you know, there's a conventional way of brokering, and if you deviate from it, a lot of people get their feathers ruffled, uh, you could listen to that, and you could let it affect you, or you, or, or you don't, you know, you just focus on doing the right thing for the consumer, and that's what we've tried to do. Um, you know, I want to be the broker that I would want if I were in the client's shoes, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you know, being, the, being that guy with as few biases as possible when making recommendations. And that's hard because it costs you. Like, there's a cost to that, mm-hmm. right? You don't, you don't get the same compensation or, you know, uh, you don't get the same status or you don't get trips to Mexico or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, uh, again, ignoring critics and, and doing what's right for the consumer 100% of the time, not even 95%. Right. That's awesome. And so do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? Other than you said Infusionsoft, is there another one maybe that you would recommend? You know, apart from Infusionsoft, 
Infusionsoft and QuickBase, which is our client database. I mean, all of our core technology is developed in-house. So, um, you know, our online client portal uh, is very popular. I think it's uh, among the best in the business uh, in terms of the online client portal and the broker space. And our clients love it. They can do everything online, upload documents and uh, check in their deal status and get the notifications and all that good stuff. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I think we're going to move towards a more. Uh, it's also safer for the client instead of email, and I think we're going to move more to that. Um, but not many people are, you know, really offering it. But it'll it'll come. You know, you're usually ahead of the curve a little bit, so we'll see it in a, a couple of years. So, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? One book. Um, to, be, to be honest, I don't really read books. I learn uh, pretty every, pretty much everything uh, from Google. So, um, Google.ca would. Uh, be my version of a book. That's awesome. And so where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Uh, well, the number one growth area is online. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, there's nothing, no other space in the broker space that I'm aware of that has the growth potential of online because um, it delivers better value to consumers in many ways. And, and and when I say better value to consumers, I mean to a subset of consumers, not all. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there will always be full service mortgage brokers, uh, period. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but the online space has the ability to deliver better pricing to consumers and help them make their own decisions. Um, and so that's where the growth is in my, my view anyway. Mm-hmm. So here's this is the last question. It's one of my favorites. That's a DeLorean question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? I do. That was a while ago. And uh, so in the movie, there's the DeLorean. It's this car. You can travel in time. So if I could take the get you in the DeLorean and I would set it to when your first day as a mortgage broker and I'd send you back there and you could give yourself three pieces of advice to have a better business today, what three things would you tell yourself so that, you you know, Intel Mortgage would be bigger and better than it is right now? Partner with uh, an extremely trustworthy IT firm. Uh, that is key. Um, had that experience there. Um you know, do extensive reference checks on, on who you partner with in general. Um, and three, how about uh, build unique mortgage content? You know, something that Google will rank highly uh, because uh, if you're in, the, at least in the, for online focus brokers, because if you're in the online space, uh, you got to be in the top 10 in Google someplace, somewhere for keywords, key keywords. Mm-hmm. So partner with an, a, an, a reputable IT firm, build unique mortgage content. What would the third thing be? So this is you talking to yourself. So it doesn't need to be like, you know, uh, it, it just, it's you say, sitting down across from yourself saying, Hey, Rob, do this. What would you, what would be, what would you say? Yeah, just choose your partners very carefully. Okay. Well, Rob, I have really appreciated your time in this interview. Where can people find you online? Well, we're at, uh, IntelMortgage.com, RatesBuy.com, and CanadianMortgageTrends.com. Pretty much, yeah. So if you, yeah, you, they'll find you if they if they're looking for you, and on the Global Mail. So, and um, are you guys hiring at all? We are actually underwriters. Underwriters, okay, awesome. And so, anybody listening to this, they can get links to Rob um, in the show notes and the, the stuff that we talked about. Rob, I'm certain you're going to crush the rest of your year, and I really appreciate your time today, man. Have an awesome have an awesome day. You are very kind. Thanks very much. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Heckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script, or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. 
Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.